You're listening to the voice of the future, fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in. Very glad to be with you all today here on the Red Future Radio Network. Before we move on today, before we go to our regularly scheduled programming, I do want to let you all know about our Patreon, which is the best way to support the program, where you can join for as little as $3 and join and get an exclusive Discord role. Other benefits include behind-the-scenes content and exclusive early access to interviews It'll be about a day and a half early if you subscribe to the Patreon with all of our great guests. So if you'd like to, and that doesn't include like um, my interview with Neil Peterson last week or last Monday if you missed that. But like the conservative chats will be about a day and a half early if you join on the Patreon. The link is patreon.com slash GOP Josh. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash GOP Josh to support the program today. We appreciate all the support. You can also join our, our Discord server. For free, you can get an exclusive rank if you join on Patreon, but it's for free just by going to the link in the show notes. And I want to play a clip before we join in the program. Because there is this video from when Joe Biden had COVID. He, he supposedly no longer has COVID. Very quick, by the way. But he he made this video and posted it on social media. Because for some reason, they decided that'd be the best way to show he was okay. And I'm going to link it in the show notes below so you can actually watch him and watch him, how he's presenting himself in this video because it's concerning. And I want you to hear his voice and tell me, does that sound like Joe Biden? Donald Trump lacked the courage to act. The brave women and men in blue all across this nation should never forget that. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-cop. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-democracy. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-American. There can be no greater responsibility than to do all we can to ensure the safety of our families, our children, our community, our nation, and our law enforcement officers. I will always meet that duty, just as you do every single day as members of a critically important organization. So that is a video to the Noble National Headquarters. Black law enforcement executives. He made that video published on his POTUS Twitter account. And the thing is, he he doesn't blink. Uh, I don't consider a little bit of a, a squint a blink. He squints quite a bit. He always squints quite a bit. But he didn't actually blink. His eyes might have closed a full time once. That voice doesn't sound like a video from Joe Biden today. Folks, really good news. The United States Senate just passed the Chips and Science Act, which is going to make it. I'm not going to play that full video because we're not States. talking about the Chips Act today because it's it's stupid. It's not terrible. It's not great. But anyways, that's that's Joe Biden's voice on a normal day like today versus when he had COVID. And, and I don't know anyone who had COVID and their voice dropped down four levels and became baritone and, and, and went really deep and quiet and squinted and broken and out. And it's just not a, a common problem, especially for someone who only has mild COVID symptoms. His eyes has changed colors in this video. So I'm not being a conspiracy theorist and saying Joe Biden is being faked. But I am saying there's something bigger going on than what's released to the public. So we're going to move on to the program. 
to another story about Joe Biden. I wanted to bring that up before we move on. Joe Biden met with 14 of Hunter Biden's business associates while vice president. President Biden met with at least 14 of Hunter Biden's business associates while he was vice president in the Obama White House, casting further doubt on the president's repeated claims that he had no knowledge of his son's foreign business dealings. He said, quote, I have never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings, unquote, Biden said in 2019. But the president met with at least 14 of Hunter's business associates from the U.S., Mexico, Ukraine, China, uh, uh, Kazakhstan over the course of his vice presidency, a Fox News digital report found. Two of Hunter's Mexican business associates, Miguel Miguel Alman Velasco and Miguel Alman Manaski, I butchered those names, visited the West Wing on February 26, 2014, according to the Obama White House visitor logs, and Joe was later photographed with Hunter giving uh, Veloso and Magini a tour of the White House Brady Press briefing room. There is an email from David Linneman, who I'm not sure who, uh, Biden, the official photographer during his eight years, from the Hunter Biden um, archive some way. Do you have photos from the lunch I had in Dad's office? I think on 226 with Miguel uh, Alman Jr. and Sr. and Jeff Cooper. If so, let me know how I can send them. Uh, send someone to pick them up. Thanks. How was uh, Keeve? And he said he will resend the pictures in a second. That was in 2014. Those are the emails reviewed by Fox News Digital. That is an article from Fox News. But if the president is directly involved in Hunter Biden's business dealings, as it appears he was, this report is detailing that he was directly involved with at least 14 meetings. And that's not, some people have 14 meetings a week. But if he was any way involved in Biden in Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings, as he was, it needs to be investigated to the fullest extent. How was he using his power as vice president and his newly claimed power uh, as the instated president of the United States? How was he not under investigation in some way? How was he not being looked at in some way? Because Biden... Whether you believe it or not, if you're a liberal, or whether you know it or not, is the reason Hunter Biden succeeded in in foreign nations with business. And these business dealings, if under investigation, as they should be, based on what's on his laptop, based on what's on his iCloud account hacked by 4chan, uh, Joe Biden needs to be up, up close and personal in those reviews, being investigated just like if he was Hunter. How was the second highest position in the country used to benefit the holder of that position's son? That's the question that America needs answered. And that's the question that needs to be answered by the Justice Department, the politically uh, grabbed Justice Department, or state investigators in other nations or in other states in the United States, the Delaware investigator, whatever state these deals happened in. Should it investigate it if it happened foreignly and it should be investigated by the people in foreign countries. It needs to be investigated and something needs to be done about it. If Biden was directly involved as vice president in Hunter Biden's business dealings, he needs to be held accountable as anyone else would. If he's abusing the power of vice uh, of the vice presidency, and I know we don't like Pence. 
But if Pence did the same thing, it would make national headlines every single day. The Washington Post, the New York Times would have the little banner on the top before the, before the title, before the, the name of the paper. Don't forget, Mike Pence colluded with his son to benefit his businesses nationwide or worldwide. Whatever it would say. You know what it, you, you, you'd know what it is. It would never be forgotten. We need to do the same to the vice president, to the former vice president. He should not be forgotten. He should not be taken off these logs due to executive privilege or however else he would get him, get his way out of it. If the power of the vice presidency was abused, it needs to be taken to the full extent and it needs to be investigated unbiasedly without looking at his current position. It needs to be investigated. And I hope a true open investigation would happen in order to do that. My name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader. A lot to get to on the program tonight. We have the whole uh, overview in the show notes below if you want to read that here on the Red Future Radio Network. Also, links to the Patreon, to the Discord, and our phone number, 57 GOP Josh 757467567647, all below. Make sure you stay tuned to the Red Future Radio Network. And uh, I, I want to give a plug to my friend Samuel McGuire, who is the host of the appropriately named Samuel McGuire Show. And the election coming up in Ohio on August 2nd. Very soon, in just a few days, this Tuesday, if you're in Ohio and listening to this broadcast, the state central committee, the state senate, and the state house are up for re-election or up for election in the primary. These are the maps that Frank LaRose unconstitutionally passed and Frank LaRose unconstitutionally without the consent of the General Assembly delayed the primary of. So we need to get out and vote. They're expecting a 2 to 3% turnout in this election, even if you are, if you have no contested elections on the ballot, get out and vote. Even if you don't even fill in a, a bubble, just get out and vote. Do it. Make sure that your voice is heard as a constituent. Make sure your voting rights, your right to vote, your right to decide who is in power is not taken away. And if you are in any of the districts in Ohio, if you are in an Ohio, and you want to see if any of your candidates were interviewed by Samuel McGuire, go to your podcatcher if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Search The Samuel McGuire Show. And you can go ahead and, and, and see all of his interviews there. Also logged on his social media pages, uh, Samuel C. McGuire on social media. Uh, RedFutureRadio.com slash TSMS is his webpage. You can check out his interviews, check out his show. He's doing an incredible job interviewing all of the, or every candidate that answers his, his correspondence for State Central Committee of the Ohio Republican Party, as well as State Senate and State uh, House. Some of the most important elections. Every election is local. And the local elections are even more important than some federal elections. I mean, co- one congressman, 435 of them, one of them isn't going to make or break the world. Maybe senator, if you look at Joe Manchin, but and we'll talk about him later. But the state house and the state senate and the state central committee has the power to take some of the most corrupt people in government out. David Johnson is one of them. Mark Pukita has been posting a lot about that. Make sure you follow him on social media as well. He's been talking a lot about David Johnson, who just tried to sue his opponent for some reason, lost the case, has been the president, the the dictator, of, so to speak, of the Columbia County GOP for a long time. He needs to be, be out. Uh, Rick Barron is the guy in that seat, and he should win. There's a lot of people. Keith Cheney, who, if you remember that clip I played back before the primary— called everything Mark Pukita said, which is the truth. He called it BS. 
I'm not going to say his exact words. We are on, under certain laws saying you can't say certain things on the air as we are listed as a clean podcast. He's He has two challengers, uh, Andy Roberts and Jacob Ellerman. Uh, Jake Ellerman is a great guy. So is Andy Roberts. I know both of them decently well. I met them a couple times. So either one of them winning would be the better candidate than Keith Cheney. We have to look at these races. And, and everyone I mentioned so far, that's the reformist candidates. Uh, Sam has interviewed. There's some other good candidates. Stephanie Stock is one of them, the founder of the Ohio Advocates for Medical Freedom, working on this ballot initiative for 2023. There are a lot of good candidates running against the establishment. The Warners up in, I think it's Delaware County, are great as well. He interviewed them as well. So make sure, I know this is a very long promo, but it's really important, especially since the election is only a couple days away. RedFutureRadio.com slash TSMS. Uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you can listen to it as well. Just search the Samuel McGuire, the Samuel McGuire Show. His interviews are incredibly important. He does a great job. And I, I wouldn't give it my support to another program on the Red Future, even if it was on the Red Future Radio Network, if I didn't personally enjoy it, I didn't personally listen, and I didn't personally have some sort of respect in. And I respect Sam so much. He's done a great job with his interviews. So make sure you listen to his interviews. Find your state district because it, the district's changed. So you can go to uh, the Ohio Secretary of State website, click on Find My District, find your county, maybe have to go down to your street even sometimes and figure out what, what district you're in, and then go to his interviews and see the district name. I'm pretty sure he listed in all of them, and see what district you're in, and if he has any candidates on the program that match your district. So we are going to go to a break. We do have to go to our regularly scheduled breaks, and then when we return, we're going to talk about Joe Manchin, and we're going to talk about the uh, Trump suit. We're going to talk about Hulu. We're going to talk about a third political party, or I guess the these... 132nd political party, however you look at it. We're going to look at Mike Pence. We're going to look at uh, LGBTQ school meal guidance, whatever that's supposed to mean. And we're going to look at Tim Ryan. When we return here on the Conservative Crusader on the Red Feature Radio Network, my name is GOP Josh on social media at GOP Josh 20 on Twitter. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already followed me on social media, my Twitter and my Instagram are both GOP Josh Twenty. My Facebook and Gab Getter Parlor Telegram and Truth Social are all at GOP Josh. My YouTube is GOP Space Josh. My Rumble is the same. If you haven't already called into the program, our number is five seven four six seven five six seven four seven fifty seven GOP Josh Seven. Leave a message. We will take your call on the program. So we have some news about Senator Joe Manchin. And before I get to that, I just want to say I appreciate all the support. Our interview with Neil Peterson was tremendous on Monday. And one of our best performing episodes in a long time, even outperforming in, in some platforms, the original Neil Peterson long interview. So, so the short form interviews I see you guys love. The program did great, so I appreciate all of the support. And I hope to bring you some more interviews very soon. I've emailed every statewide candidate in the state of Ohio that I haven't already had on the program. So, like, Neil Peterson wasn't included in that email, but Tori Maris, Tori Maris, I'm sorry, the independent 
was in that email. Mike DeWine was in that email. Frank LaRose was in that email. J.D. Vance was in that email. So we'll see if we can get some of them on the program. Obviously, I've been critical of all of the names listed. So I hope they will come on the program. So Senator Joe Manchin, as we are getting back on topic, suddenly backs Biden's climate and tax bill. Suddenly backs the bill. I don't know where that came from all of a sudden, but a U.S. Democratic senator who has proven a political thorn in the White House's side has stunned Washington by announcing a sudden support for President Biden's top agenda. Joe Manchin says he now backs a bill to raise corporate taxes, fight climate change, and lower medicine costs. The West Virginian previously objected to the proposal, citing fears more spending could worsen inflation. This is from the BBC. Passage of the bill would be a major legislative victory for Mr. Biden. Salvaging a key plank of his domestic agenda could also grant a much-needed electoral boost for his fellow Democrats who are battling to regain control of Congress um, as midterm elections loom in November. If enacted, this legislation will be historic. So, Joe Manchin somehow supports this bill. For some reason, all of a sudden, decided to change his mind on this bill. I don't know if he's planning a 2024 run for president as a moderate Democrat. He wouldn't win his home state. Uh, he would lose his seat in the Senate guaranteed in that instance. He's, it's a 95% chance. Now it would be a 100% chance if he ran for president. But I think he's trying to be the moderate voice in the Democratic Party. Or he was. And now he's like, well, this is politically inconvenient because he's not going to win a Senate election either way. He's losing his money from Democratic donors and from Democratic lobbyists because he's a waste of time. He's not going to vote on certain issues. So he's going to cave on this issue to praise the Biden administration to try to help his party because it's party politics over the people. These bills, specifically the climate bill, will severely hurt rural Rust Belt states like West Virginia. Severely hurt them. And this is his decision to vote for the bill, obviously. I can't change his mind. But if I could, I would say, Joe Manchin, look at me. Talk to me. This bill, if you took West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Ohio together and made them into their own state or their own country, I think it is actually, it'd be like third in production in the world of coal and natural gas. This climate bill will cause West Virginia's economy to crash. Will cause so many problems for the people back at home that you're supposed to work for. That I don't know how it's reasonable for you to support them. Now, they're not going to be enacted. I don't see Joe Manchin ever, in any instance, abolishing the filibuster. I think the Republican Party could put a filibuster on pretty much anything, and, and Joe Manchin would stand by it, thankfully. If he didn't, we'd, we'd be screwed. The, the Republican caucus would be screwed. America would be screwed. But I don't think he's going to override any sort of filibuster to pass legislation, even if he does support it. So that's a good thing. And I think it's 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 kind of good, but kind of bad at the same time. It's good because it sets a precedent that we should keep the filibuster. We should keep our non-democratic system because we're not a democracy. The filibuster is an inherently non-democratic system. But it also sets a bad precedent that the Republican Party can't say, well, the Democrats abolished the filibuster here, so when we have uh, Donald Trump back, when we have this and that back, we, we can't abolish it. We, we can because they did it. And now I don't see Republicans being that strong and doing that anyway, but even if they could, I, I don't think they would. So he's not going to abolish the filibuster because they're afraid of that precedent. They're afraid of Republicans using it against them 
when, not if, when we retake power in November. So Joe Manchin is supporting this bill that will hurt his people at home that he's supposed to work for. And, and that that says something else, too. This is a question, kind of an open-ended question. And if you're on my Discord, you can answer it. If you are elected to the U.S. Senate, should your first priority be serving the political party that nominated you or serving the people that elected you? Should it be your donors or should it be your constituents? Should it be your out-of-state supporters or should it be your neighbors? And I think if we have enough liberals voting for it, it would be the, the first one. And this is an answer that kind of caught me off guard with Jared Majewski when I interviewed him. But I liked, and I don't have the clip of it. I just came up with this out of my mind. But he mentioned how he's not there to push a political ideology, to promote a political party. He's not there to do this and that. He's there to work for his neighbors and to work for the people that elected him and the people that he grew up with and the people that put him in the spot he's in now. Running as the major nominee a major party nominee, I'm sorry, in a D plus 30 district for years is now a Republican plus six. You work for your neighbors if you're elected to Congress. You don't work for the Democratic or the Republican Party. You don't work for this. You don't work for them. You work for your people. And that's how uh, how Joe Manchin had to run his campaign. He wouldn't have won otherwise. And that's how Tim Ryan's running his campaign, and we're going to get to that in just a minute here on the program. Actually, quite a bit later, actually. But we are going to move on from Joe Manchin for now. Trump is filing suit. Trump is finally doing what he's promised to sue CNN, to sue other media organizations in the future for calling his voter fraud claims baseless. That's his argument. His argument is not that, from what I understand, I didn't read the entire 282-page letter. I can prove that. I I can tell you that right away. Because he wrote a 282-page letter. But from what I can read, even from left-wing sources, he's not saying that the election was stolen. He's not saying that if they questioned his claims of election fraud, they need to be sued to oblivion. He said CNN repeatedly and made numerous articles and televised transmissions saying his claims were baseless. Now, if you are a person with open eyes, you can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, you can be an independent, you can be a libertarian, you can be a forward party member. I don't care what party you're with. And you even take a, a 15 seconds to watch any sort of security footage, any sort of documentation about the 2020 election. The claims aren't baseless, even if it wasn't enough to overturn the 2020 election. Even if it wasn't enough, the claims weren't baseless. So he's asking for the retraction of numerous articles and televised transmissions. His statement said that he will also sue media outlets that defamed him. They're threatening to sue CNN over their coverage of his baseless voter fraud claims. This is from the insider, the business insider. He released a statement yesterday that mentioned this. I posted it on my Twitter if you want to read the full statement and if you want to read the article. 
Uh, he, he published it on the 21st, on July 21st, asking for retraction of certain articles, certain television transmissions within 10 days. He said it on the 21st. That was just about three days away from, from the 31st, which would be the 10-day. According to the legal team, former Trump's remarks shouldn't be considered lies as he subjectively believes that the results in the 2020 election turn on fraudulent voting activity in several key states. The legal team further argued that CNN has refused to acknowledge that Trump could even be right, the possibility he was right. So I hope Trump sues them. I hope Trump sues them to oblivion. He wins. He will win if he has a fair judge, unlike Steve Bannon. I hope he sues them to oblivion. He makes mega, mega money, and he, wa- and he runs for president again. And I think that'd be awesome. I, I really hope he does. But yeah, you, ha- you have to look at that. And you have to say, yeah. I mean, just, just saying they're baseless with no evidence that they're baseless. That is false. So so supporting the retraction is based. I hope he sues. I hope he wins. And I hope it's televised. I think it'd be hilarious. But But Hulu caved to the political democratic mob, as many companies do. It's Disney's Hulu. Because they said... They're not going to run ads on controversial political issues. He wasn't. They weren't going to run ads on abortion. They weren't going to run ads on gun control. They didn't run any sort of political ads, in my knowledge, at all. It was a pretty non-political, totally, um, what's the word, totally entertaining platform. Not worried about politics, not worried about current issues in any way. That wasn't their job. Their job is to entertain. Their job isn't to push a narrative. Well, the Democratic Party got furious, and the, and the left-wing activists who ran these abortion ads, ran these specific ads, got furious. And I, I, I have Hulu. It comes with my phone plan. <laughs> but, I mean, we, we have this, and I've never seen a political ad. Not for Republicans, not for Democrats, not for independents, not for libertarians. And the Democrats took to social and legacy media to threaten boycotts and complain about Hulu blocking ads from Democrats on abortion, guns, and other hot-button issues. They're threatening to boycott, threatening to boycott, because they wouldn't run ads on certain issues. Now, why is Hulu, Hulu is not the largest platform, why is Hulu their target audience? Why are they targeting an audience primarily used, I mean, I can't say primarily, I don't have the exact numbers, but but used a lot for kids' content. A lot of the content on Hulu is kids' content. I, I don't watch Hulu content. I, or, I don't watch much Hulu, but I haven't. I watched the dropout of Elizabeth Holmes. That was great. I'm planning on watching the series about Lex, uh, Les Wexner here in Ohio and his connection to Jeffrey Epstein here pretty soon, but I'm not wanting to watch that and getting berated with abortion ads, getting berated with gun control ads. And I like watching political advertisements. It's part of, it's, it's a hobby of mine. But if I'm sitting at home, I'm not worried about abortion. If I'm sitting in, in on my couch watching Hulu, I'm not worried about abortion. I'm not worried about gun control. I'm not worried about the U.S. Senate race in 2022. I'm not worried about a congressional race. I'm not worried about a local mayoral race at that point. I'm watching and trying to unwind. In Hulu, although it had commercials for like soap and and certain other weird commercials, didn't give me a didn't get me in a furry and in a frenzy because of the advertising. But they bowed the knee, and they are going to 
advertise these political issues. And they're going to lose customers. They're going to lose Republican customers. They're going to lose conservatives who don't really want to see political ads. If you want to see commercials for politics, you'll turn on your standard six, four, six, and ten TV channels. That's what you'll do. You're not going to go to Hulu to watch political ads. Or you'll go to YouTube where I'm seeing tons of Tim Ryan ads every other video I watch. But before we go to the break, I want to fit this in really quick. Former Republicans and Democrats for my new third party, Andrew Yang is the chair of the forward party. And Andrew Yang is just salty. He's running this ad, and not ad, but he's running this party because he's mad he lost the nomination of the, Repo- of the Democratic Party for president. And he's mad he lost the nomination of the Democratic Party for New York governor, or uh, mayor, I'm sorry. He's mad. And the best part about it is, is when leftists are mad, they always go to activism. They always go to something to try to break up their party. Some way, somehow. Well, folks, he's breaking up the Democratic Party. The only people who are leaving the forward part or leaving the Republican Party for the forward party are people who in the last 10 years or probably the last eight years, to be more accurate, haven't voted Republican at all. Formed by Christy Todd Whitman, a New Jersey Republican. I mean, really, that's all That's all you need to know. It's a New Jersey Republican and a pretty up-and-coming Democrat. Is this the end of any political career Andrew Yang could possibly ever had? I think I have. I think it is. I mean, he, he demolished himself in that New York run. But, I mean, it's even worse now. He, there is no way that he can ever run for president in a major party again. But as the forward party has their convention and has their event and has their state parties, they're not taking the votes of their Republicans. They're not taking the votes of conservatives. They're taking the votes of liberals who are upset that their campaigns and their and their candidates aren't liberal enough. So thank you, Andrew Yang. Thank you. I appreciate it as a Republican, as a conservative in the state of Ohio, a state with a lot of leftists who don't like the Republic or the Democratic Party. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope you succeed just enough to where Democrats lose. And then I hope you go off into the sunset. And it, it, it's ran by Liz Cheney Republicans. That's all it is. Liz Cheney, George H.W. Bush Republicans. I'm not too worried about what they're going to do to the Republican Party. But the Democratic Party has a lot to worry about. I cannot wait for that. One last time for the day, day and for the week, when we return, we've got a lot to get to. Mike Pence once again breaking from Donald Trump, endorsing a different candidate for governor, a candidate who supports the gay marriage bill. And people said when, when Pence was on the ticket, oh, I got to save that. But he said he hates gay people. He wants conversion therapy and he supports the candidate he supports for Wisconsin governor. And when we return... Republican attorney generals, including an Ohio attorney general, Frank Le- or, uh, Dave Yost, and then Tim Ryan's GOP-friendly campaign when J.D. Vance isn't campaigning at all. That's what we're up to next here on The Conservative Crusader. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader.
This is the Conservative Crusader. So Mike Pence wants to have a future in politics. He he turned his back on the Constitution, but he insists on having some sort of relevance, some sort of possible political career, and eventually he wants to run for president in 2024. So he's trying to wage his bets and have nominations or have his nominees be nominated in tough Republican contests. One of those being um, Cleefish, Rebecca Cleefish. Um, she is a Republican running for governor of Wisconsin. Sorry if you hear the noise on the microphone. It's, it's really loud today. Uh, he backed her a day after Trump said he was having a... Uh, now I'm throwing pins. I'm, <laughs> it's not a good day in the studio. He's endorsing Rebecca Cleefitch the day after Trump said he's going to have a rally for Tim Mickles. Tim Mickles is great on the issues. He's great on everything. He wouldn't have cut any sort of steam had Trump not endorsed him. I don't really support primary endorsements, but I do support uh, Michaels unrelated. And then Pence comes out and endorses Cleefitch. And if you know anything about her, I think her husband has some sort of a fruity history. But she's also just... A rhino. She's an absolute rhino. She's moderate. She's bipartisan in some ways that are terrible. Mike Pence is campaigning her and is going to campaign for her and is going to endorse her and going to try to make sure she's elected so he can have a governor he can count on in Wisconsin when he runs for president. That's all he wants. That's all the goals are. And do I believe Trump has similar goals? I do. But his goals are rooted in reality. And Mike Pence's goals are rooted in 0.3% in the latest poll. And just breaking from Trump, and this is the first time we've seen a major fraction, I believe, of a president and a vice president. I mean, uh, Reagan and Bush hated each other. But they didn't majorly attack each other like this and majorly disagree with each other like this after their time in office. And so this is just crazy behavior. And I'm not saying Pence needs to fall... Right in line. I'm not saying he has to fall right in line. But I'm saying that he should not endorse just to oppose Trump. It's, it's, it's irresponsible. But I wanted to mention that. So if you are in Wisconsin, Cleefitch is the Pence-endorsed candidate. The R-I-N-O endorsed candidate. In that race. And, and rhinos are so important. I'm going to pivot back to Ohio here before we get to our last story, our second last story, if my computer ever loads. But anyways, <laughs> like, like I said, messy day in the studio. But Ohio is so important, and rhinos are, are going to be taking our party. They already have. The Ohio Republican Party is corrupt from up and up and bottom, uh, up, up, up to <laughs> top to bottom, there it is, and left to right. It's the most corrupt, I believe, state party in the nation. Second only, possibly, to Tennessee that just took people off the ballot for some unknown reason. But we have a serious chance this August, August 2nd, to take back our party. Voter turnout's going to be low. People aren't going to show up. They're going to think, oh, it's just a couple of races. I'll just come out in November, and then I'll, I'll, I'll solve it then. It's too late at that point. The state house is important. The state senate is important. But none of that matters if we don't have a conservative state central committee. 
And I'm not going to advocate for endorsing. I'm not endorsing anyone in any race. I'll endorse Jake Warner. He's uncontested. I liked his his interview with Samuel McGuire. So consider that an endorsement, I guess. But I want you all to look at the GFI Ohio website. GFIOhio.com. Not sponsored. Not even promoted. And I want to see if I can find on here their, so to speak, candidates that they approve of in this race. So I can't find it on here. I guess it's probably on, only on Mark Bukita's Facebook page and in the Telegram channel, but I'll post a link to it here as well in the show notes below because I want you all to pay attention to it and see who the true conservatives are. And I, I want to give some names, names that I've, people I've heard of on Sam's show and people I'm impressed with from what I've heard. And I'm talking while I scroll because my computer finally is loading. So let's just scroll here. Here we go. Uh, I know I've heard both Jake Elliman and Andy Roberts on the program with him. Rick Barron. Uh, let's see here. A couple other ones on here I, I've met. Uh, Jessica Franz being one of them I met. A lot of good candidates on this list. So check that out. If someone on that list is in your district, do something about it. Go out and vote for them on August 2nd. Find your polling place. Find your district, ohiosos.gov. And let's move on to the final, second final story about LGBTQ school meal guidance. Whatever that's supposed to mean. 20 Republican attorney generals filed a lawsuit Tuesday against President Joe Biden's administration over a Department of Agriculture school meal program that prohibits discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. The challenge led by Herbert uh, Slatery claims that the federal government is attempting to force states and schools to follow anti-discrimination requirements that, quote, misconstrued the law, unquote. The coalition of attorney generals are hoping to, to hoping for a similar result to a separate challenge from earlier this month when a Tennessee judge temporarily barred two federal agencies from enforcing directives issued by the Biden administration that extends protections for LGBTQ people in schools and workplaces. The judge said it with the attorney general's ruling that the directive infringed on state rights to enact laws such as banning schools from participating in, school, in sports based on their gender identity or requiring schools and businesses to provide bathrooms and showers to accommodate transgender people. So that does not sound like a good law. And I'm glad that Republicans, and this is the thing, I've heard Dave Yost speak a number of times. He said the same speech every time, down to the word besides the city name and maybe the the name of the day we're in. He might have gotten that right every time, but that's about it. Everything else has been just the same speech. And and he said that he's been leading the charge against the Biden administration and their unconstitutional policies. He's been leading the charge, so to speak. Dave Yost signed on to this a couple days after it came out. It was old news by the time Dave Yost signed on to it. Fact check your politicians. If someone says they're leading on an issue, make sure they are. There was no one to take down Dave Yost last time. And there shouldn't be this time. I cannot support advocating against a Republican attorney general in this climate. But he's not the best. And he's not leading on anything. And after a couple years, maybe he should be out of there. And our final story is Tim Ryan's campaign. I've told you about Tim Ryan before. He's a threat. He's a serious threat to... J.D. Vance. And I like J.D. Vance. I mean, he he wasn't my least favorite candidate. He was my less preferred candidate. 
But I'm going to run an ad that he he's running on Fox News, and I believe he's running it on just more broadcast television as well. I haven't seen it yet myself, but I've seen it on social media a lot. Running is like a social media ad. I want to play it. Congressman Ryan, you've been a jobs creator. You've been tough on China. You on the stump and you talk bread and butter issues, economy, kitchen table issues. Sam Ryan, somebody who is obviously pitching some of the more moderate ideas. Watch, for example, what happened when Congressman Tim Ryan tried to remind his fellow Democrats that most Americans don't actually support open borders. Well, that's right. You're, you're very moderate. I mean, bread and butter you're stuff. hanging out in the middle like most of us are. I'm Tim Ryan, and I approve this message. So I'm not sure if you could hear the voices over that loud music. But I'm going to give you some names. Oh, what's her name? She's the lady, uh, Mornings with Maria. Maria, whatever her last name is. She does Fox Business. She does the morning show on Sundays on Fox News. Not Fox News Sunday, the other one. The next one was Brett Baer. Kitchen table issues. And then we have Peter Ducey. We have Tucker Carlson. Tim Ryan tried to remind his fellow Democrats that most Americans don't actually support open borders. And then there's that other lady again at the beginning, but I cannot remember her last name to save my life. So he's running that commercial showing that he's moderate. The campaign he's running has been incredible. Not for the state. I mean, for the for the state. But he's not for the people, right? He, he's advocating a different person than he is, and he's using out-of-context clips to to vote for a, a, a running run a Republican state as a moderate, and it's going to work. I cannot tell you the last time that J.D. That, that J, yeah, J.D. Vance had a real campaign event, or ran a commercial. Tim Ryan's ads are saying America first. Tim Ryan's ads are running on Fox News. Tim Ryan is not propping him up as propping himself up as a Democrat. He seriously is, is running a phenomenal campaign. If if J.D. Vance wants a chance, he needs to get on TV right now and say he has voted 100% with Joe Biden. He is voted for, and, and not voted for, but approved by AOC. That's the only chance the J.D. Vance ha- campaign has. Early impressions are important. And those early impressions are eroding away with Tim Ryan running as the Democratic candidate, doing so well in his advertising. He's blanketing the TV ads all over the state. Every other commercial break, digital ads, he's doing a phenomenal campaign. I can say that as a Republican. That doesn't want him in there. I can say he's doing a phenomenal campaign. Republicans need to do something. And they need to do something quick. And I don't think it's Peter Thiel's job. I don't think it's the job of the Ohio Republican Party. I believe it's the job of J.D. Vance. He's relying on people not making their mind up. He's making sure that people, or he's hoping that people haven't already decided who they're going to support. A lot of people are deciding right now. And I said earlier that I don't really care when I'm watching down to wind down. But those are influential. And they're influential on decisions. That's why they run... 
the most expensive ads when everyone's watching TV because it's, it's influential. I hope J.D. Vance has the chance. But every day, and if someone from this from his campaign's listening, please have him on the program and please let me just have a private conversation even with him. Something's got to happen. Something's got to change in that campaign. I don't know if it's a consultant. I don't know if it's a... I don't know what it is. But there's a problem. And Ohio's suffering because of it. So J.D. Vance, get out there, campaign. Do something for the state. You are representing the state as a as the Republican nominee. Prove it. But until next Monday, my friends, my name is GOP Josh. And this has been the Conservative Crusader. And make sure that you get out and vote. And I'll have one more program before then. But make sure you get out and vote on August 2nd. They're hiding this primary from, from you. They're trying to hide this primary from you. Make sure you get out and vote. It's undoubtedly the most important election this year. Maybe slightly second to, to, to November. But the party, the Republican Party, will be influential. And who we elect to the Republican Party Board of Directors will be influential for the next however many years with how our state goes. If, we, if, if, if Mike DeWine didn't have a, a laxed Republican Party, if he had to actually be accountable to the Republicans on the state central committee, well, he wouldn't be nearly as liberal as he is now. Just take that into account. And my name is GOP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader on the Red Future Radio Network, redfutureradio.com, gopjosh.com. Everywhere else you listen, thank you for listening. Make sure you rate five stars, patreon.com slash gopjosh to support the show. I'll see you all next Monday with a brand new episode, and stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. 